0: good way to come down from that. Uh, welcome back <laughs> to the Two Guys No Cups podcast. We didn't even get to the payoff. We didn't. It was, I realized like halfway through that it was going to be way too long of an intro. Uh, but here we That's are. Fine. That's uh, fine. My <laughs> name is Steven Ground. I'm here with my co-host Ian. Uh, the jig is up. It's Ian Peters. <laughs> <laughs> Your last name is Peters and all six of our listeners know it. How are you doing today? I'm um, doing well. Just well. Just That's well. not very well. Uh, we're excited to be back to the podcast. We've been away for two weeks. Uh I haven't done much in that <laughs> two weeks, but Ian, why don't you tell us how you spent your weekend this past week? Uh I went up to Chicago. Not to, <laughs> not to do anything blackhawks
1: related. Well, but kinda. uh well uh, to attend Lollapalooza.
0: And how was that
1: That was a lot of fun. I highly highly recommend it. It's a lot of standing got to have that endurance of, st- <laughs> of standing um, but it's a lot of fun. I mean it's a full day if you get in when the when the day starts on it's Thursday it starts on Thursday goes through Sunday.
0: When do they start concerts for the day?
1: uh noon so yeah it's it's long days if you get there at the start, but it's it's a lot of fun. There's tons of food there, a lot of alcohol. <laughs> It's there. <laughs> <laughs> is there? Which just consumed a lot of illegal drugs. People manage to get in without any trouble. Good, good. Which is fine. It's fun to watch <laughs> from afar. Um, but yeah, it rained out on Thursday. Muse is supposed to play, and it was. Uh,
0: which is like a big part of the reason. Yeah, well,
1: I, really I, like... I saw Muse earlier this summer, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if I hadn't, I'd probably be way more PO'd, but. Yeah, they got three songs in in the pouring rain and that started the lightning and they're like, well, you got to get out of here. So they threw everyone into the Michigan Avenue.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Much safer.
1: (laughs) But uh, that was a lot of fun. The Killers played on Friday. I saw we didn't go on Saturday because I was a first timer and didn't really think about if I wanted to go all four days and Saturday felt a little weaker to me in terms of my interest. So Sunday saw Justice. They're kind of like Daft Punk minus the masks, and that's pretty much the same thing, really. They're French. (laughs) They
0: could actually. They're a French
1: duo that plays house music. (laughs) So yeah, they're pretty much the same thing. That's cool. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um,
0: What was the highlight for you?
1: Uh, man. I don't know. I really liked seeing the killers. Like I yeah. know some people kind of will say, "Ah, oh, you know, just kind of straightforward pop rock band," I guess, but they just put on a really good show, and I enjoyed it a lot. It went by really fast. Um,
0: Hometown band of the Las Vegas Golden. Yeah, that, so, <laughs> there you go.
1: That's true. Yeah, I I think I'd love to go next year and just yeah go for the full four days and see see what it's
0: like. Yeah, that'd be cool to go to. I'd have to keep an eye open for the lineup next year it's not cheap but oh no it's not but it's a 120, really cool 120 bucks a day for how much you see is i don't know it's pretty good yeah and you were saying you were seeing a lot of hockey fans in general oh like yeah
1: cool, that's like, right <laughs> merchandise oh yeah the blackhawks had really cool lollapalooza hats i have to admit and they looked really nice they're kind of pastel colors mm-hmm. uh honestly if it had been any other team i think i would have got one a Nashville one anything Um, I was I was (laughs) literally any begging for something. I was seriously really
0: Chicago wolves. (laughs)
1: I've been great. great. I was really (laughs) close to buying one. Yeah, I think if I'd gone back, I might have just because they. I don't know if I'd ever wear it because that'd be kind of gross. But it would be kind of cool to
0: have. Yeah, he sent me a picture of these, and I told you that I might have bought one, and we are both loyal Blackhawks haters. (laughs) But it was a really cool hat. Yeah. I, yeah, we'll post a picture of that on our Instagram if we remember. But I saw a or bunch of jerseys. Oh yeah, Instagram, no Instagram. <laughs> I don't take pictures. <laughs> at two guys no cups on Twitter, by the way, all spelled out awesome. in letters, and then at Steven Ground and Addie and Peters. So that's cool. So yeah. you had a good weekend out
1: there. No, it was a lot of fun. There I were tons of hockey jerseys that were not Blackhawks jerseys. Yeah, uh, not that there were a in bunch. The crowd. Yeah, a McDavid jersey, a Matthews and Marner jersey. Real
0: original. Yeah. (laughs) Matthews and Marner, were they like friends? Yeah, they were walking together. That's awesome. They were lovers. I kind of wanted to
1: run over them and tap them on the shoulders, like, can I just take a picture Mm -hmm. with you and your jerseys? And I, like, thought it out in my head. Like a couple of times in a minute, and I was like, no, this will be weird.
0: <laughs> I feel like they'd be down with that. I, I guess don't they'd understand. But Mitch is deep enough where you're like, yeah. well, you're really committed if you're wearing a Mitch we can, Marner journey. We can talk about this another time, but I have a really
1: poor history of uh, talking to people about <laughs> sports merchandise they're wearing, and them looking me in the eye and going, I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> That's so true. I'm, you've had such a poor history with this that you've like, turned me off of talking to people about the sports merchandise that they're wearing. I saw a guy recently in a really cool vintage uh, Maple Leafs hat, and I did make a comment, and he was normal, but I was, like, surprised that he was normal. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so that's a cool weekend. It's cool to talk about some things outside of Something. hockey that are vaguely hockey related. That's very enjoyable. In the sense that there were pot smoking out Ovechkin <laughs> fans
1: oh, yeah. at Lollapalooza. He was rolling up a so, doobie in an
0: Ovi jersey. And maybe Ovi is himself this summer. He got married, so you know. Roll up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have a, a, a fairly loaded podcast ahead for you today. Uh, we're going to talk about the, some of the contract ex- extensions that were signed uh, around the league. And just a few to update since we talked about a lot of those last time. And then we're going to talk about some blues news with the ECHL-AHL mismatch, messed up situation <laughs> we talked about last time. Uh, we're going to talk about the Metropolitan division and we're going to talk about every team in the metropolitan division we're going to make a, just a, a very concerted effort yeah. to talk about all 7 eight of them all, of them. all of them. <laughs> uh for those who haven't followed us on Twitter we may have forgotten the Buffalo Sabers last time we talked around them we we talked but, about we talked about them a little bit we, just not directly yeah you know we didn't give our predictions so we may touch on that. And then depending on second,
1: time... Second in the Atlantic. <laughs> just ahead of the Detroit Red Wings. That's all.
0: <laughs> and then uh, depending on time, we may cover a couple more Boos topics uh, at the end of the day, uh, depending on where we're at. So uh, first up, we have contract extensions uh, around the league. The One of the bigger ones was the, the Carolina Hurricanes followed up on their signing of uh, Jacob Slavin, By signing Brett Pesci, I'm assuming, because it's spelled like Joe Pesci. Oh, is it the same? uh, Who's a defenseman, uh, 22 years of age, which is pretty cool, uh, to a six-year... $24.15 million contract, which is an AAV of four point oh two five. This was a guy, when I saw the signing and the (laughs) dollar value in the year, I just kind of lost it, because, like, Jacob Slavin I'd heard of. Like, I knew Mm. of him, even if I couldn't be like, oh, yeah, that's the guy who plays, you know, 22 minutes a night for the Hurricanes or whatever. Brett Pesci, I didn't know existed until I got this up. update. And, like,
1: I'm not name. the
0: hockey fan to, to trump all hockey fans, I guess, but we're doing a hockey podcast. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of in the know, you know? So it's just a reminder that I need to buy an HL center ice and just watch like 15 Hurricanes <laughs> games this year because
1: apparently they'll be interesting. Yeah.
0: Apparently, I just do not know anything about this team. Uh, but, you know, just from from looking on Twitter and Reddit and a couple other so- sources, it looks like. Uh, a really good signing it looks like hurricanes fans are pretty excited about this uh when you can sign a 22 year old player for 4.025 million for 6 years you know i mean a defenseman you're uh, admittedly you're not signing him through his prime he'll be a ufa at the end of that but it's a pretty good deal i feel like um i think yeah as a second pairing defenseman yeah. which is, i think what he's supposed to be yeah. that's really good he was a 66th overall pick in 2013 uh, which is high third round. Um, he is. I'm, I'm thinking more of an you know kind of a two way offensive defenseman sort of player. That's what I've read. Uh, really improved. Just really has been improving throughout his career. Uh, I found a quote from him that I thought was pretty, pretty indicative of this character that I liked uh, talking to a. a Hurricanes beat reporter. This was on Twitter. He says, "We made the moves to be a playoff team for sure. Anything below that is an underachievement." So it's. I think it's kind of cool to see a 22 year old kind of going like out to the fire. media and like saying, you know, because forecasting the Hurricanes as a playoff team, as we'll talk about in a little while here, is a bold move. <laughs> I mean, they're not. It's not outside of the realm of possibility, but. To say that for a 22-year-old to feel like you had the leeway to say that as a player, I mean, I guess this contract sort of gives you the leeway. But I, I kind of like that. And a, another cool note before we move on, he was uh, teammates at the University of New New Hampshire with Trevor Van Riemsdyke, who they just traded for uh, from the Golden Knights by way of the, or from the Blackhawks by way of the Golden Knights, I guess. Uh, so, you know, f- they figure to maybe be reunited on a line, possibly, and that'd be cool. play together. So, if they had chemistry there, that'd be, you know, that'd be a really smart move by the Hurricanes. So, this seems like a fine signing. Uh, and then a couple more signings. These are in our division that we need to talk about. Two by the wild, locking out their two. Uh, Younger ish stars. I
1: forgot these even happened. To longer
0: contracts. Uh, Mikhail Granland uh, was a three year, $17.25 million for a cap hit of almost 6 575 uh, you want to talk about that real quick and then move on to Nita Ryder. How much was it a year? What's the AAV? 5.75, which feels high on the surface, but then again, I'd pay a center that. So
1: It feels high, but yeah. I think that's what people are getting for what, he, for what th- he is. I
0: think Grandland is a guy who had really high expectations that he kind of disappointed a couple years in a row and then really kind of broke out this year. Um, so if he plays like he did this year, then it's fine. I mean, it's mm. a great contract.
1: Without, without this year's performance, I think they could easily have gotten him for just over five right. or maybe right at five. Yeah. So that performance really helped push that number upward, and I think it was a career high for him, 60-something mm-hmm. points.
0: Yeah, and I i mean, I when I see a, a progression like that, I'm always hesitant to sign a deal based on just the last year of a three. The last year, big you know, season, yeah. Um, but that's how deals generally work, and he's a young player, so it's not like you think it's an anomaly. It's not like that Matt Bolesky thing mm-hmm. we talked about last year, you know. So, it's, it's probably fine. Um, the even better deal, I think, uh, from my perspective, is they signed Nino Niederreiter, their young right wing. Uh, for five years at twenty six point two five million, which is a cap hit of five point two five million, uh, Niederreiter is twenty four, not probably a whole year younger than Granlin. He's
1: younger than I thought he yeah. was. I thought he was, I don't know, three or four years I older said than that. Six
0: or seven, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. So this seems like a good deal. He's a pretty good scorer. He's kind of a Jaden Schwartz sort of a not your. He shouldn't be your top scorer, but he's a good secondary.
1: He's a Blair. lot better than I thought. Yeah. I don't know where where I placed him in my mind, but I guess I always saw him as a third-line player mm-hmm. at best, in all reality, maybe someone that was overperforming. But his stats are pretty good. And it's been on a it's been an upward trajectory. It was 36 points in 13-14, 37 in 14-15, then 43, then last year's 57. Mm-hmm. That might be a career high, but that's not... That's not terrible. And that's yeah. 3 seasons in a row of 20 plus goals. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, I mean, that's a that's a a winger for 5.25 for 20 plus goals. That's not out. I I'd out agree. That for assessment as for as is, him being
1: know. very comparable to Schwartz is spot on. Yeah.
0: And I th- I mean, look, one one angle you can take is the Wild had a a better than expected year last year and are due for a little regression, which maybe the playoffs indicates uh, was already starting Already starting, or was somewhat true. But the other angle you could take is their young forwards finally clicked and they're going to kind of continue on that pace. And if that's how their GM sees it, then that's, you know, I don't think either of these contracts are, are risky, even if that's not mm-hmm. the case. Uh, but, you know, if last year's numbers were accurate, then I think these are both great deals, and if last year's numbers were a little inflated, they're both kind of fine deals.
1: Yeah, know? they're nothing bad.
0: Um, and then the big, uh, the big, I guess shocker, I mean we knew this was probably coming, but uh, Nashville re-signed Ryan Johansson, uh, their top young center that they traded Seth Jones for, for uh, eight years eight million dollars per season so a total of 64 million uh i have to say when this came through i was a little stunned it just it feels like not quite It just feels like a reach for me and one of the one of the reasons i say that is we talk a lot in st louis about how paul stastny who i love as a player is not like a true number one which i think i've said On here before is not a term I love because it's kind of like talking about elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm -hmm. You know, there's only two Tom Brady's and, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And (laughs) then you have the other really good ones and then you have the other pretty good ones, you know, and then it's kind of goes on from there. I think in terms of overall value, the kind of like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby level center is almost as valuable to your franchise as like that level of elite quarterback. Mm -hmm. But they're equally rare, you know. So so projecting that onto both Stastny and Johansson, neither of these guys to me is that. But I was talking about, I didn't article, or I, I started an article on Paul Stasny, and one of the things I did was compare him to Ryan Johansson and uh, I think Granlund, or no, it was uh, who's their captain in Minnesota. Oh, Koivu. Koivu, yeah. And uh, there's there's a lot of comparison. There's a lot of equality between uh, RyJo and Stasny, mm-hmm. and we're all sitting here saying we gave Stasny too much at $7 million a year mm-hmm. on the open market, and it just feels like eight million a year for an extension, even though Johansson's younger, admittedly, and you did buy out the core. I mean, this is 25 to 33, so this is like the core years of his of his um, playing career. It just feels like a stretch to me. And the other big thing is, I feel like. Uh, John Tavares just made his case for being a ten million dollar center oh, for sure. next year, you know. I mean, obviously with this contract, uh, Mike Fisher officially retired from the NHL, which is a little news we uh, should touch on. So both he and Carrie Underwood are gone from the NHL. So you assume <laughs> that they go ahead and make Johansson their captain probably. If he's I don't even Maybe. know his character, you know, they also have all the defensemen. Um, but I think in Columbus he was
1: touted as being lazy and all that, but that might just be because he was in Columbus yeah, and wanted out. Who
0: wants which, to play in Columbus? Which is not
1: all that cool. But I don't know who. I don't know who the other picks
0: are. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a situation where maybe this is what you have to pay him to sign him, and you can't lose him, especially after you gave up Seth Jones to get him. Mm-hmm. But it just—I don't know—it just doesn't sit right with me when I'm looking at the numbers on the screen. Even now, when I've had some time to adjust, we we talked about with Connor McDavid's contract how that's Connor McDavid's contract, and as much as it's huge, it shouldn't really affect the market, except maybe for guys like Matthews and Eichel. Mm -hmm. But
1: I I think it might have, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was
1: gonna I was gonna ask. Kind
0: of blabbed about this, why don't you kind of?
1: No, I was gonna ask if you thought maybe the McDavid contract bumps us up slightly but at the same time maybe it doesn't maybe he's still getting eight regardless of what mcdavid signs for eight does feel like a lot to me for what he brings he's their first line center like you said it's a lot of like the stasny type thing is he a first line center throughout the league Probably a little bit more than Stasny, yeah. but not to the level of being absolutely elite.
0: Right. I, w- I do want to say, when I say there are comparables between him and Stasny, I would. I love Paul Stasny, and I would still take Ryan Johansson mm-hmm. first. I think he's younger. I mean, he's definitely younger. That's just a fact. But I, <laughs> I think he's probably a little better player. But he's had injury problems somewhat. I think if if memory is served correctly, uh, looking at his stats from last year, and he just played sixty-one games total in that year he got traded, and then last year he he had sixty points, which just doesn't strike me. Yeah, sixty-one. And that's, you know, the year before that he had sixty-one. So if sixty is about his threshold, that doesn't strike me as eight million dollars money for you know forty of those being forty. Plus of those, almost fifty of those last year, being assists. I don't know. It just it just feels it feels like a stretch to <laughs> me. I don't know how else to say it. Um, seven,
1: seven, to me feels like what he should have got. Yeah, but they I guess they're not going to sign him for that. Was he a U? Was he UFA? No, he was an RFA. He was an RFA. Have. I
0: don't even know if he was an RFA. I think this was an extension. Um. So I don't know if it takes, outlook look I, up whether it takes effect this year or next I year. I guess you could
1: think of some of it being the fact that they're buying chunks of his UFA time. Yeah. I see I see why they did it, but as a fan, like you were saying, I just sit there and go, uh, I'd like to spend that million, million and a half maybe somewhere else.
0: Yeah, I will be, as much as Ryan Johansson will be a thorn for the Blues going forward, I will be happy to see this contract every time they're talking about signing, you know, a Ryan Ellis or, a, mm-hmm. um, well, I guess they had Arvidsson. That's one of the things is that kind of strange contact for Arvidson gives them a little more leeway long term if they really believe True. In him, you know, but they're going to have to give Forsberg a big extension, I would think, at some point, unless that's already off the books. Um, but in any case, this will be the kind of contract that you have to work everyone else's contract around. True, which should probably be true for your top center. But if I look at Nashville, their top stars are on defense with Subban and Ellis, and then Pekarek and then Philip Forsberg and then Ryan Johansson. I'd agree. And to pay, you know, your fourth or fifth biggest star eight million a year seems like a stretch. Philip Forsberg is signed through 2022 when he will only be 26. Disgusting. Wow. <laughs> so, uh we have
1: that to look forward to.
0: So yeah, that that's enough rambling about the Johansson contract. Just kind of interesting to see where what that does especially to the market for Tavares and Stastny. I hate to say it, who are both free agents next year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what contracts those guys get. Uh, moving on, the Blues have one small signing. They signed Nate Prosser, formerly of the Wild, to a two-way deal. Uh, looks like he's going to be our kind of seventh defenseman, Chris Butler. Type. I was going to say he's our new Chris Butler, even though we, <laughs> <And> we, <laughs> we have Chris, Chris Butler. <laughs> Butler. Uh, obviously, some familiarity with Mike Yo having played in Minnesota.
1: I think he also played. For us during our camp last year, oh, I believe. He? Okay, yeah. and then ended up going back back to the wild. to sign them.
0: This is fine. I mean, it's you know you're paying him week minimum. I'm sure or what something close to I've that. I've read.
1: I've read he's fine, which is a, a rave review for a seventh <laughs> yeah. defenseman.
0: It's. I'm sure it's one of those. You know, there's 50 of these guys available. I'm sure it's just Mike Yo saying, "Hey, I like this guy. Mm-hmm. Let's bring him in." You know, from your seventh defenseman, you want just want a guy who can step in on back-to-backs or injuries and just not look terrible. So <laughs> if he can do that, if he can replace, you know, Carl Gunnarsson or whoever and just not look terrible, fine. That'll, that'll that's work. That's more, you know? more competition in camp too. Yeah. Which is always kind of nice. Yeah. So, uh, so that's all really that the Blues have done in the past few weeks. I think since we last talked, there hasn't been a lot of The news. doldrums. Yeah. This is summer for hockey fans. Uh, the Cardinals have a cat now, though, so uh, I guess that's good. <laughs> uh, and the Car- Rally cat. The Blues need to get a mascot. For themselves, sometimes we you, have a bear. I don't uh, know why Louis he, is a bear. But he he kind of looks bear. like
1: a big blue rat. Yeah, I to say the only furry animals inside that place have to be rats. Maybe true. you get a bird, a stray
0: bird <laughs> or two. Rally bird, Bert, a bird like pecks out um, I don't know, <laughs> Patrick Kane's eye on a breakaway or something. I'd be dead. Oh with please, that, please. Uh, for for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, the cat, uh, the cat, the Cardinals last night. <laughs> Uh, with Yadier Molina at the plate. Uh, He pointed to the outfield with his bat, and people thought he was maybe calling a shot uh, because the bases were loaded, but there was a cat uh, skittering through the outfield who got all the way to the wall when he was picked up by a helpless uh, groundskeeper who was viciously (laughs) assaulted by said cat as he was carrying him off the field. To shreds. And Molina immediately hit a grand slam on the very next pitch. So this cat has been lovingly referred to as Rally Cat. And... It's a cool story. We'll see if it lasts for the Cardinals. But this is not a Cardinals podcast, so we will move on to talk about following up, kind of on our, our five-minute major from last time, uh, with a little bit of the of the minor league picture for the Blues is sort of coming into focus slowly. Um, they're entering into a one-year partnership with the Tulsa Oilers of the ECHL, which, as an aside, Tulsa is the state capital of Oklahoma, if I'm remembering correctly. I think it's Oklahoma is it City. Oklahoma City? You're right, it is. Because uh, they're boring. <laughs> in either case, I've been to both cities, and whichever one has the capital in it, uh, there is an oil rig right on the Capitol lawn. Oh, really? Like just an oil derrick, just right there. So... This is one of those names that does it's lend itself yeah, to multiple places. Yeah, uh, but uh, what do you think about that partnership? I mean, let me let me go through the rest of this. So, uh, yeah, so they signed that. there have been rumors of kind of having a goalie go to San Antonio. Which is where we th- think we're ultimately going to have our full time AHL squad next year, mm-hmm. but that hasn't been officially announced. So, uh, what do you think about this move for the for uh, the, the ECHL moves pretty nice.
1: I know that's this year. It's a one-year deal for this upcoming year whereas the San Antonio rumor which I'm pretty sure is going to be confirmed cuz there's plenty of smoke around it isn't right. isn't for this year, it's for the year after. It's for the 18-19 season. So we'll have a ECHL team under the Blues control this year which will be nice for those I I don't I don't really know who you send to the ECHL. You can send people from the AHL down there, I think. I, I don't know that much about like the specific contracts, but I don't know who you'd want to send down there. Right. Especially when we don't have those, like, Wade Megans and Kenny Agostinos. <laughs> so if you have any prospect you really want playing a lot and getting a lot of um, a lot of ice time, you're probably... Ice time and good competition at that, you're probably mm-hmm. going to want to keep them in the AHL, which uh, I don't know... <laughs> How much control we have of that with the Wolves, so at some point you might just have to send them to ECHL. So with that being kind of a backup, that's kind of nice, because yeah. at least when they're there, we get to control who's doing what. Yeah. But I do like the San Antonio um, angle for the H- AHL, a- HL. because uh, it just means that we might be sending, I'm guessing we're going to see us, send some of those overflow from the Wolves to San Antonio first or hopefully send them there first just so they can be um, become accustomed to like the area maybe some of those sort of tweener players will be playing with. So yeah, there's no downside to this. It's just one of those things where it would have been nice to have the AHL team this Mm -hmm. year like we already talked
0: about. And we we beat that horse plenty (laughs) last time. I do think, uh, I've heard Pretty, and I think we mentioned this last time. Pretty substantial rumors that probably Billy Husso, uh, one of our goalie prospects, will be starting in San Antonio this year, uh, and kind of Avalanche slash San Antonio fans being really excited because that's they have no goalie <laughs> might not be as trash. Uh, so that I mean, you make of it what you can with the situation you put yourself in, but. Again, we shouldn't be in this situation. But we've been down that road before. Let's tar and feather Doug Armstrong. To another road we've been down before but just kind of missed this little bend in it. Uh, do you have any comments about the Buffalo Sabres that we completely ignored? We already Not talk- completely ignored, but somewhat. We
1: already talked we about that. I'm pretty sure. By their existence.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, I, just real quickly, I would say about them. They're a team that could that whole division we kind of said this about. You think it's going to just look the same as it looked this time, you know, this mm-hmm. year with the exception of Tampa Bay moving up? but it could look majorly different theoretically, you know, just because of any, you know, I mean we've seen before uh, Montreal is a Carey Price injury away from complete mm-hmm. non-existence and you know, the Bruins I think could slide down sort of thing, so I do think the Sabres are not a team to just kind of ride off and laugh at uh, the only team you can really do that with in that division is the Red Wings which Aha. is just fun to say <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to say about the, they, the losers in the Connor McDavid uh, <laughs> Oh, Those poor, poor you, fans. You tank
1: for McDavid, and you get Eichel, and that's great, but <laughs> yeah, no one's McDavid. <laughs> yeah. They'll be okay. I think maybe a wild-card spot for them would be they'd be over the moon with, I'm sure. Right. They... S- that whole team in general seemed not very happy last year. I know no one's really happy when you miss the playoffs, but sometimes teams expect to or they know in their heads they won't make it. So when they're out, they go, they say all the canned, like, you know, we really wanted to be here, but we have to try harder and stuff. But I really do feel like Buffalo, a good chunk of their players, especially Ryan O'Reilly, just did not enjoy not making the playoffs or stinking this year. Mm-hmm. Part of me thinks they'll be better without – um, Bilesma as their coach. Yeah. I never. I don't think he has ever been a great coach. Mm-hmm. Even when he won the cup with the Penguins, he just kind of inherited a good team. Yeah. So I think I think it was Phil Housley. Who mm-hmm. he, yeah, I think he's this yeah replacement. So I think I don't know that much about his coaching style, but I'm I'm tend to think he'll do better. Yeah,
0: I think. Uh, yeah, I think they're a team that. Has you look at their roster? They have some good talent, they don't have a goaltender, Rasmus Rustalainen. Yeah, he's he's a pretty good defenseman. They have Ryan O'Reilly, who's a great center. They have Jack Eichel, who's an even better center. They have Kyle Akposo, who's something you know. (laughs) Who'd they they trade?
1: Who'd they trade? Uh, they trade like Ennis and somebody to the wild to get Pominville back.
0: Oh, did they just now? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a good...
1: Foligno, the other Felino.
0: Okay, Marcus Foligno? Yeah. We're going to hear the phrase, little guy with gumption a whole lot this year. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they have some talent, but can that talent string together a real run remains to be seen. So now we have covered our bases there, and there are eight teams in the Metropolitan Division, so if we do not talk about eight teams... Uh, Let shame fall upon our heads. (laughs) So last year, uh, what a surprise. The Washington Capitals won this division with a whopping 118 points, which made them the President's Trophy winners. The Metropolitan. Uh, Yes. Did I say something? Did I say Atlantic? No. Okay. I just don't think it was state. Okay. (laughs) My apologies. So uh, they had a goal differential of plus 81, which is just bonkers Um, yikes (laughs) (laughs) Pittsburgh was uh, in second in the division which I doubt they care much about in hindsight uh, with 111 points Columbus 108 and New York uh, the Rangers 102 which is just as an aside is kind of a sign of how like top heavy the Eastern Conference is because can you imagine every team in our division having over 100 points to end the season, like no. well over <laughs> several of them, well over 100 points 118. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that's just a team that's just beating on the beating up on the other teams in their division all the time. Uh, so in the bottom half, you had the Islanders, uh, who had 94 points but a goal differential of just negative one, which is kind of interesting. Um, a lot of close games, probably, or they did a lot equal, better, <laughs> equaling out blowouts and. <laughs> Each way. They did a lot better the second half of the season. Yeah. The Philadelphia Flyers uh, heavily disappointed, I think, at 88 points. Uh, And the Carolina Hurricanes kind of surprised and almost surged for a while with 87. And the New Jersey Devils just stunk with 70 (laughs) points. Yeah. so we'll, we'll go through in, in alphabetical order this time, and we'll remember that the New Jersey Devils falls between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the New York Islanders. They do exist. Um, but uh, yeah, so starting with Carolina, uh, the Hurricanes, we talked about uh, Pesci returning, well not returning necessarily, but being extended... Um, Coming into existence in our in our consciousness, we talked about Slavin, which I always feel terrible saying. Uh, they added Kruger was he was in Chicago too, right? He was mm-hmm. part of that whole thing. And then uh, Trevor Van Reams Dyke and the big free agent signing of Justin Williams returning to the place Come in where home. he won. Coming home, tell the world, yeah. <laughs> so uh, they have. A lot of young players and a couple of old guys now so um why don't you talk a little bit about what you see in the hurricanes
1: the hurricane remind me a lot of the toronto maple leafs we talked about last time
0: high praise
1: (laughs) (laughs) and in in past years it might be considered yeah jab at them but with the with the maple leafs doing better this last year that's pretty good um I think it's just because they remind me of the Leafs because of the mix of like young talent, but then they have some vets in there to kind of help them out. Even someone like Jordan Stahl, at this point's a veteran. Yeah. But yeah, they have Aho, Rask, Lindholm, Teravinen, Slavin, Pesci, Hannafin. That's a lot of young talent. Yeah. And then you have Skinner and Falk, who are kind of entering sort of their middle of their careers, sort of their prime. And Skinner had... Uh, matched a high point last year in points of 63 so it might go a little down but it could also catapult even higher with this like young fast talent around them so to me they look like a really fun team to watch on paper it'll be you know have to be seen during the during the uh, season if they're like that at all i know they still have cam
0: ward as their goalie is that right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. Now it's like no. <laughs> no. I'm still to sit there. I'm like, there's is he still there? Yeah. This is I. I like the Hurricanes. I want to see them succeed. Um, and you talked about they. They look like they're a fun team on paper. This is just a division where I'm looking at it, and it's like who is dropping? Who drops out of that top yeah. four? Uh, it was a little easier for me to see. It's the Jackets. <laughs> it could be. It honestly could be. Bobrovsky tends to have an on-again, off-again every other year sort of thing. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about him in a minute. But, yeah, so it be, will be interesting to see when we talk about all these teams whether we think there's actually a lot of movement. But when you have an uh, eight-point gap between the fifth and fourth team, that's kind of a hard divide to bridge. And even though mm-hmm. you could see some teams in that top four getting a little worse, can you see them getting that much worse? Yeah, you have to
1: really hope that you improve and a team above you gets worse. Right. There's no way just right. you getting better is going to bridge that.
0: But as we talked about earlier, Pesci talked about, you know, thinking missing the playoffs would be a disappointment this year. So, I mean, they're obviously confident and have high expectations. Uh, so moving back to uh, the Columbus Blue, or moving on to the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, they had the big trade of Brandon Saad for uh, Artemi Panarin and you know some pieces here and there, which uh, just still baffles me. I'm just I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> it happened, so that's what I can say about it without pulling my hair out. Do we think they got the better player? They got the better player. Oh yeah, for okay. sure, right? I don't think there's any question there. Um, there will be some interesting questions. Do you want to talk about some of the question marks you have about this team?
1: Yeah, there's just a lot in terms of what they did last year that feels, I don't want to say a fluke, but people may be overachieving or just being a rookie year here and there. So, like, Orinsky, that was their rookie defenseman and you know does he slump in his sophomore year we saw Pareko kind of take maybe just a slight step back this year and it happens a lot to to different young players so mm-hmm. maybe that happens you Happen don't know
0: big time to Gostas yeah, year yeah
1: exactly which I have him on here too yeah uh we talked about Bobrovsky is he gonna be able to perform him after the Vesna winning season he had last year he already won a Vesna before that and then the next year he kind of slumped like we said he's kind of a on again off again goalie so you kind of hope he can string together another really good year i'm wondering if panarin does as well in columbus just with the i'm gonna say like tick down and mm-hmm. talent around him he just doesn't have someone like kane on his line anymore for anyone on that team that i can think of and i'm guessing he's probably gonna play with venberg because that's just their their top center at this point right. in terms of offense so i'm i'm interested to see if he gels with him and if he does well in the power play and then looking at a few blue jackets um message boards they're really hyping up uh pierre Luc dubois who they got in the first round third overall in 2016
0: about which montreal was a gas oh, they, and horrified
1: so it was a pool party you, <laughs> oh, didn't, you also didn't believe You're that right. he was being that's picked
0: fourth <laughs> the horror <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I I think they see him making the team. It's just another thing of you go. Is this going to be a, a rookie year where he does amazing, or is it going to be a rookie year where he has some growing pains? I would think it's probably the latter, which is fine overall. But it just you want to see if he can do something that keeps them in that second spot. Yeah, of the division or right. third and spot. and there's
0: also I mean there's a reason he was kind of a surprise third pick. Mm-hmm. He wasn't that top end line A Matthews level guy. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you that I think this team is the team to watch in terms of moving down uh, or even out of the playoffs, which is not something I necessarily want because we talked about no, last time. No, I like the team a lot. Like the Blue Jackets, uh, but Brodsky's a lot of fun. Um, but you think about it, they had that sixteen-game winning streak last year, which was you know an ungodly almost NHL nuts. record, and, and it was a lot of fun. But think about if you just make that like ten and six, then Mm. that's twelve points they lose, you know. Or let's say it's ten six and two, or ten four and two. Mm. That's ten points they lose. Then they're at ninety eight and just barely above the the Islanders. If none of those games changing over Mm -hmm. were lost, you know, if they didn't beat the Islanders in there, which they very well I do.
1: I do think that streak is going to be overlooked.
0: Right, when and people so think about it in the, in the on the one hand, you say, well, they were a good enough team to win sixteen in a row, and that's definitely true. I mean there's there's elements of that, but on the other hand, nobody repeats winning 16 <laughs> in a row, you know, so they'll show you, us You take that and just even make it a really good 16 game streak of hockey where they you know lose four or whatever. That's a big difference in their season this year. And so with the question marks going into next season, there aren't any question marks with the Penguins. No. There are a lot of question marks with the Capitals, but probably not enough to make them lose 20 points in the standings. So you're looking at the, the Jackets as the possible team to you know kind of move there. Um, moving on to, unless, did you have anything more about the... No,
1: just that, yeah, they just have a lot of little weak spots, yeah. I think. Could have occurred during the season. Yeah,
0: moving on to the dumpster of the metropolitan Aww. division and America. <laughs> 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 Sorry, New Jersey, we we love you. I'm very uh, used to that. Uh, I'm sure they are, uh, but that doesn't mean we have to pile on. They have the Col- <laughs> the Colgate Tower over there that's shaped with a toothpaste See, tube. So, I've never even heard of that uh, in my life. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they obviously had the. Uh, first overall pick in the draft this year which they stole from the rightfully deserving Colorado <laughs> Avalanche uh, picked uh, Nico Hisher is it Nico or Nino? It's Nico no, it's I guess. No it's
1: Nico but the more bigger question is that Hisher or Hisher or Hershey. Hersher
0: Hersh
1: I'll <laughs> call them Nino Hershey. Uh,
0: so they they had that addition, which you would assume a first overall pick's going to play this year. I mean, for sure he will. Yep. And they're not good enough to put him elsewhere. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, they uh, traded their second and third round picks from next year to get Marcus Johansson from the Capitals, which I actually think was a really good deal. We didn't talk about it much, um, but that's a high price of picks in a sense. But it's a, it's a he's a really good player. You know, and and the Capitals are probably looking ahead and smartly thinking we're going to have to reshuffle this <laughs> a little bit when we trade Ovechkin and move on from Holpe, uh, which we're not saying they are doing that, but they will do that. And so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Johansson had 58 points last year, played all 82. Uh, they signed. That's a really good trade. Yeah, I like it a lot. I like that one big time. They signed uh, Brian Boyle, Blech. <laughs> uh, they, Boil. they have Pavel Zaka coming back so a lot of another team where it's a lot of young players they had uh, they added Taylor Hall last year and that ridiculous trade that I still think is totally lopsided even if Adam <laughs> Morrison's fine um, yeah there are a lot of things you can say what would you add to this kind of stolen some of your notes
1: but <laughs> no no you're fine that's I think the team's going to play better this year. I hope they do. I kind of have a soft spot for the Devils. I feel like I have a lot of those for Eastern Conference teams as we don't see them as much. But I think the thing that's holding them back might be defense. You have slower, older players. like I'm pretty sure they're Captain Green and Lovejoy, who kind of bounces around a lot because he's just kind of a bruiser back there on the blue line. Reverend Lovejoy. <laughs> and then you just have, I think they have some young guys coming in or it's their second year santini who i love that name <laughs> and severson they're they're just kind of a mix of old guys and improving guys and so i don't know what their back six looks like overall and i don't think any of their forwards are overly two-way players maybe they'll change maybe i don't know that much about certain players they have um and then you would also hope that cory schneider plays better he had his worst season last year of his whole career. You have Vancouver here. um, So you would expect him to play better. I don't know how much of those stats were the team in front of him letting him down, but I would think I'd go as far as to say half of what's going on was his own fault. So he's he's a very good goalie, so I just think it's an aberration. At the end of the day, though, I don't see them making the playoffs. A wild-card spot kind of like the... um, Kind of like uh, the hurricane would be great. I mm. think they'd love it.
0: But I feel like the hurricanes much more likely candidate. That yeah, that's for sure. We're talking a thirty-two point gap they have to make up. It's just not I realistic. keep forgetting. I
1: just keep forgetting how strong this division is. Yeah. I always sit there like, well, they could make it, and then I forget like we were talking about who has to not make it. I'm like the Capitals, yeah. no. The
0: Penguins, no. I feel like if you plopped the. Even the devils into our division, they'd be a real pain in the butt, and we have like a really competitive division. I think it's just kind of all equal talent. I'm sorry. I agree. I don't think there's my cat (laughs) meowing at the door. My apologies, Uh, but um, (laughs) uh, maybe you can't hear that at all. But uh, in any case. Yeah, I just don't think this is a a floor they can make up at all uh, in terms of... I mean, they can be competitive, they can cause some headaches, but I don't think they'd have a real playoff opportunity. And speaking of teams without a real playoff opportunity, the New York Islanders... No, I'm kidding. Uh. (laughs) I'm kind of kidding. I'm honestly not kidding. Uh, They finished fifth last year with 94 points. Uh, They have... John Tavares and not a lot else. Uh, They have Tavares on the final year of his contract. Um, They traded Ryan Strom to Edmonton for Jordan Everlay. I
1: think that's another good trade.
0: Yeah. Um, Feels fine, kind Mm -hmm. of both ways, honestly. I don't know. Everlay was kind of stale in Edmonton. Yeah. You know, it's kind of one of those classic sort of change of scenery trades where each side maybe gets a player that could do with a fresh coat of paint, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I think it's a fine trade. Everly's Everly's a good player. I don't think they got fleeced by any means. Uh are one of their big uh kind of upcoming players is Josh Hosang, uh, who is a pretty talented winger, right? I think he's mm-hmm. a winger, he's a scoring forward um
1: but the controversy last year was that he picked number sixty six, which is Mario Lemieux's number. Oh, how dare he. But he never played for the Islanders, <laughs> so so who cares? Yeah. But anyways, that's all I ever remember about him.
0: They didn't retire that everywhere no. like
1: they did. He's, yeah, he's he should be he should be good for them. He's a highly touted prospect.
0: What are they going to do? What are the poor kids who were born in 1999, which is probably this last year's crop of players, going to do for Jersey no numbers?
1: they got to hope for double zeros. <laughs> uh,
0: so, Hosang is probably going to make an impact, but how big of an impact will it be when he's given a full season? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a goalie. No.
1: at all they, they played three of them last year and halak was one of them i love halak but it was just a weird mess back there and thomas grice is their starter or they has played the most that just and that's just not a that's that not a starter
0: gross that feels so gross No, nope, not a pun on it <laughs> just like i look at that and i think really this is what you're going. last year
1: with? was his career high with 51 games and before the before that season, it was in the forties. But before that, the most was nineteen. It's, yeah. yeah, he's a backup they're trying to pedal as a starter.
0: Um, man, the Islanders feel to me like a team that is just not. I have it written. I haven't written
1: here that I think they could kind of place anywhere aside from like first in the division. But the more we talk about it, the more I'm like. This team kind of feels like maybe it's the one that sinks lower. Like, maybe this is the one that the Hurricane finish above. Not that that catapults them into the playoffs. Yeah. But this is the one that might finish maybe last. Yeah. I I see them more likely to finish last than make, let's say, the first wildcard spot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would, say, I would say if you're asking me which is more likely last or third, I would say last. Yeah, maybe not last or fourth, but I would say last is more likely than third. And then the I mean the big question is, John Tavares is. You got to leave on the last year of his contract. I see a lot of people saying there's no way he he, he leaves, but I to me there's no way he stays.
1: That's how I feel. They Why are,
0: they're a mess of a franchise? They can't figure out their own stadium situation. Yeah, are they going to be they're there? They're still there in the next paying Rick <laughs> which I mean, just kind of a, a knife in the back. That's not anyone. <laughs> I hope that's not anyone currently in the organization's fault. But like. <laughs> I just don't like. How could you, as as a player as talented as as John Tavares is, with as much money as he's could make, he's definitely like no way is he signing an extension before he hits the market. No. At the very least, you've got a Stamkos situation, and then if you're the Islanders, you've got to look at that and say, do we want a Stamkos situation where we realize he's probably not staying? Or do we want to.
1: Would you trade him at the, deadline? Him at the
0: deadline? I Man, I that's totally a ransom. Would.
1: Yeah, that's like, a ransom you're going to get.
0: Look, okay, let's talk about the Blues just because we know the Blues best. Mm. If John Tavares is made available at the deadline, like, what do we honestly give up for him? Because Ooh, I, I would it. probably give up a first round pick. I'm just spit. Which we don't here. have. <laughs> oh, we don't have a first, yeah. Uh,. A first round, Hypothetically, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm just. I would probably give up. I I don't even know what they want. (laughs) I almost said Joel Evanson, but then I remembered he he was a rental. I would give up Dunn, though, as a rental, and then I'd give up like a barbershop or something. Like I would I would not be offended at all if they gave up that.
1: For I suppose they'd want picks at we like, young guys and yeah. not some established dude. They're not going to want like a.
0: I mean, I would give him Steen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like they're not going
1: to want Steen or something. I
0: mean, we might have to give him Steen to balance out the salary, but like. No, oh, yeah, I'd I'd give a lot for John Tavares, even it, even just as like a playoff push. Like he's the kind of player that could. Oh, for be a rental. The difference, okay, and, I kept
1: hearing rental, and then I heard you say Dunn. I'm like, Dunn's not a rental.
0: Yeah, no, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, and like I would want us to then. Work like hell to mm-hmm. him, but he screams uh,
1: Canadian market to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. Although the interesting thing we saw with uh, Stamkos is that's is a- the tax thing. Mm-hmm. Was very openly like part of his decision to stay. To in be
1: yeah. To be Toronto, fair, in
0: Tampa Bay. To be
1: fair, a lot of people did think he was going straight to Toronto, yeah. and he didn't. So Tav- you could be right about Tavares too. Where's
0: Tavares from? He's from.
1: I think he's from the Toronto area. Ont, uh,
0: Ontario, Toronto, Yeah, tra- Ontario. Toronto. Ontario. <laughs> that it's sounded uh, weird when I said it in my head, but yeah. I I've heard a lot of people say. Let's get John Tavares to the Maple Leafs. It's not happening. There's no way they're starting to
1: Part of me in. wants Montreal to grab John Tavares.
0: <laughs> that would be their kind of weird move. Doesn't uh, that yeah, sound he's right?
1: From, he's from Mississauga. Uh, that sounds right. I'm riding that train. Not that I want it to happen, <laughs> but that just sounds like the <laughs> it dumb... It does sound like
0: the weird the move The dumb that Mark Bergevin. Like, this
1: is the thing. One-year plan... Let's just get him for how much? I don't know, $11
0: million. But unless Tavares is that player who's like, I want to play for the Maple Leafs and I'll play there for $7 million a year, which he's not going to do with Ryan Johansson's contract, I don't think they can sign him with Matthews and Warner and uh, (laughs) Bill Nylander (laughs) and, and all those people coming up. I don't want to go too deep on the tangent of Tavares. My point is, with him, with that situation being like, if you're not going to resign him, you have to trade him because you, even as a rental, you could get a really nice return. You'd have to, you'd have to do it to get you that can't. rebuild what, going. I mean, if you, if you're really in a, if you're really in a playoff run, then you can't. You have to mm-hmm. just keep him. But I don't think they will be. <laughs> so no. if they trade Tavares, they're obviously not a contender remotely.
1: He that is guys that kind of impact, like guys
0: the glue that's
1: desperately holding yeah. that team together, so
0: I just I don't see good things for the islanders. I want good things for the islanders. I just don't see good things for the islanders, and speaking of not good things, no, I don't <laughs> think that's true, uh, but <laughs> oh, New- I do <laughs> the New York Rangers uh are a team that made some weird moves to me this off season. Uh, They traded Derek Stepan and Antti Ranta to Arizona for the seventh overall pick, which became Elias Anderson, who was really highly rated at the at the prospect thing. And he's a forward. Is that the one, or is that coming up? The most recent prospect, Uh, Traverse City will be in September. Yeah, the most recent prospect. Gathering it was it
1: was just recently, showcase, it was a weird, think, yeah, it's yeah. the Summer Showcase, which um, I've never heard of before.
0: And they got Anthony D'Angelo back, is that a goalie or a, no, young defenseman, defenseman right? So, good to get two young defensemen, seems like a high price to pay, because I think Antti Ranta is the starter, and... He, ba- he now,
1: bailed them out last year, the Rangers, yeah, that is, when yeah. Lundqvist was going through
0: He was really issues. good, too. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Arizona, who we will talk about next time when we talk about that division, I think they really improved with that trade because Derek Stefan is not... He's another kind of stats. He's, he's uh, yeah, not a first-line center, but he's their first-line center. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ronta is... A start, I think, is a Who's their other
1: goalie, goalie down there?
0: League. They traded Mike Smith, remember? Mm. Oh, that's right. So they have, I guess they still have Louis Domingue behind that's him. That's right. But that's not starting over Andy Runner. You're right, you're that right. Is, <laughs> that is. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> Whatever that is. Uh, but then, um, so yeah, I don't. I honestly don't love that trade for them. Uh, they did sign, the, in the most predictable move of the offseason, <laughs> they signed Kevin Shattenkirk to a kind of meh deal. They signed David Decharnay to a kind of mad deal. I think that was just like a small thing. And then they brought in Andre Pavlak to be Lundqvist's backup, which strikes me as weird, too, because it's he's like... He's kind of old and washed up, but not Lundqvist. Yeah, but... but I don't know. At the same time, like, Lundqvist is kind of... I love Henrik Lundqvist, but he's past his prime, pretty obviously. Mm. So it's weird to me in the same sense that you're bringing in an old guy to be his backup. Because, on the one hand, maybe you're saying, look, this guy isn't competition for you. You're the king and you're playing. But it feels like it could go the other way where it's like, but Pavlik was like a starting goalie for a while. And like, if you suck, maybe, you know, maybe (laughs) it's his turn. So I don't know. Just a lot of weird moves for this team that doesn't seem to really have a set direction. Um,. But uh, they had some good players perform young, and I'm talking a lot of good players perform <laughs> young. Good young players perform last year. Uh, why don't you add some thoughts on the Rangers?
1: Um, you know, with Stefan gone, I think this makes uh, Mika Zibanejad their number one center as far as I know. Yeah. So I think he'll get more ice time, so it's nice. I've always kind of liked him as a player, so it'll be interesting to see what he does up there the rangers to me are the team that both these new york teams that also regresses this year Mm -hmm. maybe not to the point of being terrible but to the point of being a wild card bubble team last year they were a wild card team but solidly made it it was like a locked up wild card spot Mm -hmm. but this time i feel like it could kind of go either way they had um is it tj miller is that his first name jt miller JT Miller and uh, Grabner last year, who both had shooting percentages of sixteen point seven, which is really high. You generally find people have like on average like nine to ten. Mm-hmm. So that that feels like something that's gonna sink next year. Maybe not. Maybe they get extra lucky again. <laughs> but
0: twenty five. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I see that kind of coming down. And then Lundqvist, kind of like Schneider, had uh, his worst season in net last year, two point seven four goals against average and a 0.91 save percentage which in reality is kind of nuts for that being his worst season you'd find a lot of goalies yeah. that would be like oh that's uh my average season is after i've had a really good season at 0.91 so that's pretty amazing but i i think he'll bounce back but if he does it's for a year or two because this could actually be the new norm for him so it's gonna be interesting like we were talking about with him and Pavlik to see if Pavlik takes over, who I also don't find to be an overly great goalie. Mm. But it will be interesting. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, though. I do have it written here, and it's true. Uh, the Rangers kind of bore me as a team. I don't know why. I watch them play, and maybe it's because they're in like the biggest city. Or something, mm-hmm. they just kind of feel like a manufactured team. Yeah, like we have Henrik Lundqvist. Like, who else do you have? They owe many other people.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that too because I was talking about you know they're kind of like directionless. And I I look at this team and I'm like, what is their identity? And they don't have one. They're just the New York Rangers. I'm that telling it, you, that's yeah. their identity. But you see them like. Go out and sign Kevin Shattenkirk, and that's fine because he's from New York or whatever. But what's he doing for that team? What is his purpose on that team? (laughs) Last
1: year, their problem. He's not
0: moving. I'm the and I don't even say this as like anything against Kevin Shattenkirk. Mm. He is not moving the needle at all on that team. I don't think from 102 from where they were last year, he's not making them one at 110, he's not putting them in president's trophy discussion. And it just seems like that's kind of all the moves they make. Like, maybe, maybe they were really in love with Anderson, the seventh pick that they got. Maybe they're really in love with uh, D'Angelo, who they got. But I don't feel like that. I just feel like that kind of shifts their focus to, you know, defense, because I think Stepan is a huge loss for them.
1: It's, it's yeah. weird that you say that, you know, shifting their focus to defense by losing some of that, you know, offensive power because defense is probably what sunk the ship last year for them in the Mm -hmm. playoffs. Their defense was terrible. Granted, they did have Dan Girardi on their team, a human pylon. (laughs) but, But... and Kevin Shattenkirk is better than a human pylon, but a not pylon with legs. Yeah, so
0: from a defensive standpoint.
1: I just don't get it because their defense was like Swiss <laughs> cheese last year, and so they got Kevin Shattenkirk because they're like, I know what we'll do with defense. We'll outscore him. I like, just, okay. Yeah, I think
0: it is. I mean, I don't think I don't think people realize how bad Kevin Shattenkirk is defensively. Like, if you're just like not bringing yeah. his point scoring into it at all, he's not making a team. It's easy to Almost. miss in the you regular
1: know, season because you just see him on the power a play. Gnarsh, but yeah, he's But just, during the playoffs when everyone's forechecking, checking I ugh. mean,
0: I was, I saw a tweet or something sometime last year where it was like, Kevin Shattenkirk is good for a completely embarrassing giveaway a game. <laughs> and it's pretty accurate. Like, it's And I'm not trying to rag on the guy because he left. I was never in love with him when <laughs> he was here, really. But like... He's a very good player if you need that power play specialist. I just don't feel like
1: that's what they need. That's what they
0: need. And I just feel like it was kind of lazy. Well, he's from New York. He wants to come back. I guess we'll do this. And it's like, fine, you did it. But do people no, from New gone. York care? No, there's <laughs> no way. The, I, I still do kind of wonder if New York City people are like, this guy's from upstate. Why does he's he He's from care? Connecticut. Yeah. he's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's not even from the state. He's just kind of a Rangers fan. Uh, real quick, before we move on, I wanted to mention this interesting factoid that my friend Jordan, the Avs fan, who's now been mentioned on like three Thrice. consecutive podcasts. So he's the first official sponsor <laughs> of the Two Guys No Cups podcast. Uh, he he pointed something out to me that I just thought was kind of baffling. He texted me with a random hockey fact a week or so ago, and he said, of the top, since we talked about Quest save percentage, of the top 26 goalies in NHL history uh, in terms of save percentage, 22 are active NHL players. Really? Which is just like it's absurd when you think about it. And he went on to say that Martin Brodeur is 31st on that list and Patrick Waugh is 39th. So this is just a total shift in Holy the game cow. in the last 15 years because you look at those two guys and they're, I mean... Indisputably, two of the top five or so yeah. greatest goalies of all time, but they're not even in the top 30 of same person. It was just, <laughs> I don't know what to make about that, and we didn't prepare notes or anything on it. You just said something that reminded me, but it's just interesting to think about.
1: Hockey's certainly, always shifting.
0: Certainly, Hendrik Lundquist is one of those 22 active players. I would assume. Uh, so moving on to the Philadelphia Flyers, this is my adopted Eastern <laughs> Conference team, and they're embarrassing the hell out of me. Uh, <laughs> they stole the second overall pick in the draft lottery this year, and if, as if that wasn't enough, they then stole the guy that was the presumptive number one pick all the way like up until the couple weeks before the draft. Uh, getting Nolan Patrick out of the Brandon Wheat Kings, which I'll never forget. I'll be the Pierre Maguire of knowing that one fact. (laughs) Um, So he's, you know, you expect him to play because he's a second overall pick and because... They need depth, but...
1: He plays center, and I've already read today a very Blues-like thing, that they're probably going to start him at the wing. Of course they will.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of corollaries between those two teams, including that they've both employed uh, Yori Laterra, embarrassing way. Uh, So they signed Brian Elliott which uh I think that's a good sign. Is better than Steve Mason, I guess. And maybe better than Michael Neuvert. I don't know.
1: I thought Michael Neuvert was better than he was. I yeah. guess last season it wasn't great, but the year before he played pretty yeah, we well. we talked
0: at length about it last time or recently mm-hmm. where this is this this is perfect for Elliot. He can now be the number two kind of that becomes the number that one for definitely it. but isn't the number one so he can be good um <laughs> that's just has, seems to be how his brain works and I, I love Brian Elliott it's so good for him um does this team have what it takes to make the playoffs this upcoming year with Giroux and Voracek and Simmons three of the top I don't know 25 or so forwards in <laughs> hockey top 50 for sure yeah. um but then what, what did they have after that? Ian, enlighten me, because <laughs> I, I want a little hope for this Philadelphia Flyers team I adopted for two simple reasons. They wore orange, and when I was a kid, any team that wore orange was, like, cool in my book. And they had Danny Breer, who was one of my favorite players. I do like Danny Just because he was so fast. So that's actually why, I, at least I know with this team. But anyway, do, do we have any hope for them making up the... 14-point uh, gap with the Rangers from that, last year. That's a solid nah. <laughs> nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> like a,
1: that, you mentioned those three forwards, uh, Giroux, and Borchek, and Simmons, and it's just such a steep drop. There are
0: people after that. <laughs> yeah. Last, I, I mean, honestly, before the trade, I would have said Braden Shen was there for probably best yeah. forward, but no, he's not so. there. Because he's here. You have Hooray. Sean
1: Couturier, who I want to say broke forty points once, but he, he does play like second, third line minutes, and he's a good two way player, so he's not bad. It's just that he is now technically, in points wise, like their fourth best forward, and when you're sitting at like thirty eight on the regular, that's not that great.
0: Yeah, uh, Bear has to come back to his rookie season performance for this team, did. To- mm have a chance. I don't want to put too much pressure on one guy, but that's just realistic. How much of an impact is Nolan Patrick going to make? I mean, that's huge. For them to get that player mm-hmm. when they finished, you know, just outside of a playoff spot, probably would have been a playoff team in the uh, West with the same...
1: They were close. They got the close for
0: a little while there. Um, I think their ceiling wild card spot, but I don't think they're making they're it there. <laughs> this
1: is a team, to me, that just stays in the same spot. Yeah, I think I think they'll get progressively better. Maybe the year after, and maybe with a few moves here and there. But I don't think Nolan Patrick is enough to really, like we said, move the needle anywhere. They might be a little more exciting, which they yeah, already kind of th- were. I
0: think the best hope for this team, really in the long term, is to pull the trigger on moving one of those big three and find a couple of guys that can really flesh out that top six, whether it's this year or a couple years down the mm-hmm. road. And I think a big a big hinge on that is who do you think Nolan Patrick is? Because there's no question that Nolan Patrick is not even an Austin Matthews. The He's comparison a is lot Jonathan Taves? Like, but right? like a not Jonathan Taves. <laughs> T- like you You're like Jonathan Taves, kind but of, not. He has the character, but maybe not the skill. If he, if he, if he, I mean, not, not that he's bad, but, you know, he has, like, kind of the, the leadership
1: no, yeah, sort of yeah. part of that. The character's just boring, But if he,
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, I mean, if he, if he excels and kind of outperforms expectations, then can you free yourself to maybe move a Giroux? That's a good get question. a huge return, I would think, and then m- have that top six more solidified. But that's down the road anyway, and for this upcoming season, I just kind of think they, they need... they'll they be fine. <laughs> they need something. They'll annoy a lot of people, especially Pittsburgh, when they play, and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> uh, so moving on to the twice-defending and probably soon-to-be-three-time-defending NHL champion uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, kind of some movement here. For this team. Uh, More than you would think. They sent us Oscar Sunquist for Ryan Reeves. Uh, they signed Anti Niemi to replace uh, Marc Andre Fleury, who they lost in the expansion draft um, because they have Matt Murray. Uh, they re signed Justin Schultz and Connor Sheary and Brian Dumoulin. Uh, they have Matt Hunwick now, which I guess matters. They <laughs> lost They lost Nick Bonino, Trevor Daly, Ron Hainesy, and Chris Kunitz, which is a big, I mean, that's a number of people from a championship team. Several of whom were fairly high. Pro- I mean, Kunitz and, and Benino were pretty big pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Ginsel. Ugh, that name grosses me uh, out. Gunsel. Stepping up. Daniel Sprong. Um... What do you think about the the Penguins? They'll probably be the same. Win the <laughs> Cup again. <It's> just <laughs> wah,
1: wah. I don't see them moving out of the top three. These last two teams, these in the Capitals, were kind of kind of boring to look up because I just don't see a lot of that shuffling. Yeah, Nick Bonino and Chris Kunitz might end up uh, being kind of holes you need to fill or hope to fill, but I think Gensel and Sprong as young players probably fill those roles just fine. Mm -hmm. This is one of those teams where you can just have Sidney Crosby, um, Evgeny Malkin, and Phil Kessel on your team and uh, just kind of go, well, everyone else can just be a plug. You know, can just be a guy. Uh, That's kind of the Connor Sheary role where I'm sure he's fine, but I'm sure he's just fine on other teams whereas here he's like, ooh, he's pretty good. Yeah.
0: So Which is what Benina's gonna be in Nashville, fingers crossed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that they'll be fine. I think they're doing a great job of actually taking some of their older guys that don't matter as much to them and flipping in younger talent to keep their, you know, cap problems sorta of down. Yeah. So that's nice I mean that's nice to see from their perspective. Right. I, I think th- my only or oh, sorry, my only question is just if Matt Murray had a few hiccups last year, and Flurry is more than a backup goalie, so right. he was able to easily cover for him. Um, I don't know if Antti Niemi he at once was a starter, but he's kind of regressed by a huge chunk. I don't know if they can survive, say, a Murray I going down.
0: A ward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that came into my head. but Yeah, I think... Jokes aside, I don't think they three-peat as Stanley Cup champions. No, that's that's like. I think, for one thing, I think they've lost a lot mm -hmm. for a Stanley Cup team. Like, a lot of what made them put them over that edge, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of Kunitz's experience and Bonino's speed and, and, you know, having a guy like that on a 3rd line, You need those kind of
1: character guys. Yeah.
0: But more than that, I just think the likelihood of three-peating is. Pretty absurd. I don't think that's it'll, happened it'll since it'll the, be the 80s. the reunited yeah. 2012 Blackhawks that win the Cup <laughs> this year, uh, not yeah. the Penguins. But I mean, are they going to move in the division? No. I mean, they might win it. They might, <laughs> for a change, they might actually beat the Capitals. But other than that, they're not like they're they're leading this division, or they're not. You know, their first playoff series won't be on the road. Let's just yeah. put it that <laughs> way. Um, And moving on to those uh, Washington Capitals, a lot of turnover there. Uh, They did bring back T.J. Oshie for too much money, or no, for too long. They brought back Evgeny Kuznetsov for too much (laughs) money. Uh, They brought back uh, Brett Connolly, Andre Burakovsky, and Philip Grubauer for reasons. Uh, They lost Carl Alsner to... The Montreal Canadiens. Yep. Uh, they <laughs> lost Kevin Shattenkirk, kind of. They only barely had him, yeah, but he went. He didn't really do much for him. Like. And Justin Williams went to uh, Ka- 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 Carolina. Ka- Ka- we talked about him earlier. Then they traded Johansson to the Devils, uh, but they have kept. Nicholas Backstrom and Alex Ovechkin <laughs> and uh, that punk behind the in front of the pipes. Uh, <laughs> I see his face. What's his name? Tell me his name.
1: <laughs> I'm never good at this. People lose a name and then I lose a name. Oh
0: uh, god, it's embarrassing. Their goalie, whose name? The guy who starts be? before it, Philip Grubauer. I said it an hour ago. so <laughs> it's there. Just go back, uh, Braden Holby There we go. Um, uh, I mean, this—they're fine. They're not going to miss a playoff spot, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. But but they're just, a lot worse. <laughs> just like who cares?
1: I don't know. This is—I'm sure people think that um, externally about the Blues. They go, oh, "Man, who sure, cares?" Yeah. So I I get it. But it's just but well, the
0: Blues. I mean, e- even as a homer, I don't think the Blues nationally have anything close to the hype of the. Uh, Capitals year after year I
1: just sit there and I look and I go okay let's make the playoffs to see how you get knocked out is it going to be in the second round again (laughs) sure is bye
0: I feel like if there's a year they win the cup it'll be this year for the sole reason that there's no way they have the hype this has to be the year finally where the media is just like they're not gonna do it. It's fine, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, and just like we're gonna go talk about the Maple Leafs making a run and the two-time champions repeating and the you know yeah, the, there's the, enough other the young. Lightning are great and young, and then that's that'll be the year where the Capitals are like you know sort of sneak their way in. You're right. It does feel like a lot
1: door. of younger teams are gonna be on the rise, where they just kind of go, "Ah, eh, Capitals are old news."
0: At the same time, they are. Perennial Chokers, so why would I assume that they're not going to do that again? I'm sure they'll finish top three if they wild card it. I mean, they could still win it, they could still win the President's Trophy. They have enough pop to do that. It's not like the pieces they lost were integral to that, you know, in terms of. I mean, Johansson was a scorer and so was Williams, but. I just the Capitals annoy me. I want them to be better, but I kind of don't at this point. It's it's been long enough where I'm kind of like okay, I'm over it. Whatever, you know. I agree. Uh, So that is actually all of the teams in the Metropolitan Division. All eight. Uh, We counted eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes, we had all of them. Uh, So before we wrap up today's show, uh, we wanted talk about one interesting topic pretty quickly, which Ian brought up earlier in the day, about the possibility there's been some discussion on message boards and things about the Blues possibly talking or not talking to, but possibly signing. And this is not just to be clear, this is not like a, a, a no, no. rumor or anything. There's not necessarily any meat to this. This just fan chatter. Uh, but whether the Blues should sign a veteran like a, a super veteran sort of player, like, <laughs> in like the category term. of uh, Yarmir Yager, Jerome Ginla or Shane Doan, that kind of forty or almost forty or forty plus super player veteran. Uh, who is like an all time great but well past their prime, sort of thing. Um, I haven't gotten Ian's thoughts on this. My answer is, I think that would. I feel like that would be a good fit. The more I've thought about it, I kind of feel like Yarmir Yager would be a was, really good hit. I was going to say, how team. do you rank
1: them? Yager first?
0: Yager first, for sure. I think Jerome again was, He was really not there last year. He hasn't done anything for like anyone. Yeah, but he's also been playing for the Avs. No offense, Jordan. So, <laughs> on the one hand, are you like, is it just because he's on the Avs? I think Jerome McGinley's done and more so because I think he was always, like, the big physical player in a sense. And if mm. you're 40, you might not just be able to be the big physical player. But I feel like Yager playing on the wing where we have some weakness, uh, he's a right wing, right, isn't he? Or is he, he might be. Yeah, I think he might be. Uh, you I, can move stuff around. Yeah. In any case, playing on the wing, the guy, I mean, obviously he's slowed down, but he kind of hasn't. You know, I mean every year that he talks about wanting to play till he's 50. He had 50-something points last year, I think. I tried to type Yarmir Yager's stats, and I typed, just, admit, just, just <laughs> <laughs> usually I'm much more accurate uh, blind typing than that, but apparently I was not this time. <laughs> uh, but the guy, I mean, he put up 40 points last year, I think, or about that granted playing in Florida but you know every year it's kind of the joke of like well Yager's coming back again let's watch <laughs> this guy sort of you know whatever underperform but every year he keeps kind of okay so it was only 30 last year but it was 39 the year before that it was 30 the year before that it was 30 the year before that and it was 43 the year before that so and those are all I think f- yes all of those are over the age of 40 so we uh, we need some secondary scoring. More than that, I think we need a positive attitude. Veteran presence. <laughs> and I don't think Alex Steen is that player from everything Positive. We heard about, you don't think he's positive. <laughs> about uh, independent contractors. Um, Just don't use them. And that, like, I mean, the thing about Yarmir Yager is regardless of Alex Steen or Patrick Bergwund or the guys that have been around for a while, Jay Bomeister. Uh, one of the reason I call these guys super veterans is any of those guys walk into the dressing room and they're automatically like the guy, not in the sense of like they're the guy on the team, but like nobody doesn't respect them in that mm-hmm. room. You know, nobody is like, Oh, I'm above that guy, you know? So I feel like a guy like that, whether it's Yager, I could see it being Done uh, I'd rather have Doan than again Low, which is kind of
1: weird yeah. to say.
0: I don't. I'm sure there are other guys of that ilk. I, those are the big three names that you know. I kind of would come to mind. I just feel like it's a. I don't know. I feel like it would be a good fit for the Blues.
1: It would be nice. I think the issue probably with the front office is just that we have a Lot of young talent banging on the door, but more so than that, we also have Bo Bennett.
0: Yeah, and
1: I say that jokingly because I'm sure he's serviceable, but it's one of those things where we've seen how this front office, or like maybe not necessarily this coaching staff because it's kind of all brand new, operates and they kind of just like to plug in the guy that are like, Well, we already have Bo Bennett or we already have Magnus PRV, so we're just going to toss him in there. But I kind of would like I wonder if you can get Yager or somebody on, like, a PTO to come in.
0: Maybe, yeah.
1: And impress. You know, it sounds kind of weird and maybe, like, kind of sad. Like, Yager, you can have a PTO now. (laughs) But, I mean, that's how Upshaw was on a PTO. And he impressed. And he did fairly well in the fourth line. And we're talking about someone that could do even more than that.
0: Yeah.
1: I could see them going
0: that route. Right by the by the same token, I honestly I don't understand why we're just letting Scotty Epshaw walk. I don't get it. I don't think any of the young guys that we have are really filling his role. Yeah, I
1: should play on the fourth line. Um,
0: that's a different issue. I don't want to go down that. But he's he performed I think phenomenally well on the fourth line for two years. Yeah, and he's just a good attitude guy I mean I've seen you know I follow these players more than I should on social (laughs) media and a lot of them are posting pictures with Upshaw or things they're doing with Upshaw or gifts Upshaw sent him I mean it's just he's clearly a role model slash friend slash mentor whatever you want to call him to guys like Fabry and Edmondson and, and younger guys like that I think you know setting aside upshaw at the very least i do think we should invite some of those kinds of guys on mm-hmm. ptos and just get them in camp and see i think the what competition's great i feel like you're probably right that we won't sign any of them because they're kind of going in with that let's just toss young guys at the wall and see what's sick sort of mentality and i hate that i despise it i there's nothing That makes me angrier (laughs) on earth than thinking about that. Just because, for one thing, I felt like last season was supposed to be the season where we did that. I felt like we were talking about transition year last year. And I feel like this year we're going to say transition year if things start to go south. Always. (laughs) And, like, I'm just over it. And, but on the other on the other side, I feel like if you bring in a Yager, there's your like third line winger. Mm. You're not talking about. Well, this night it's going to be Bo Bennett. Next night it's going to be Demetrius. And next night it's going to be whoever Magnus. You know, that's just the guy you put there. And we're not gonna. I don't think we're gonna do it. So <laughs> we can talk about the merits all day. I'd be really surprised if I saw it come through on the wire. But I do think it would be a really smart move. I don't know if this team has the locker room chemistry that you need. And say what you will about Hitchcock, and I I would say a lot, but (laughs) Hitchcock's the kind of coach that overcomes that because he's in your face and fiery and angry, and I don't know if Yo is that same person, you know, in that sense. So, I don't know. I'm I'm not wild about the chemistry we're taking into next year. I feel like this kind of player could... Make a big difference in that, but I don't see it happening necessarily. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, we probably talked too much about it already. But. I I agree. It's
1: it's something where I feel like you sign them for a character role yeah. and for what they bring yeah. behind the scenes.
0: And it's another situation, and we, you know we we can't go off on this tangent. We'll talk about it more as we get closer to the season. But as good, and I think our off season has been a home run A+, plus, or at least, you know, A type of effort in terms of what the deals we have done have mm-hmm. been and how they grayed out, I just, I still feel like we're a player short of really being where I want us to yeah. be, you know. I think we're one, and I'm not saying Yarmir Yager is that player... I think Matt Duchesne is that <laughs> player. No. Uh, I'm not saying there's necessarily that player available or reasonable for us. I don't even, wouldn't even necessarily say that about Duchesne. But I feel like you could be really good if you committed to a player like Yager or anyone and just said, this is our ninth forward with these eight other guys, you know. Whereas if you don't do that and just say, we're going to scrabble with these nine nine, ten, hundred different <laughs> <laughs> forwards we have down in the non-existent AHL and ECHL and QMJHL <laughs> and QRHSTL whatever leagues you know I don't know I don't think I don't think that strategy I'm not in love with it so anyway I'm rambling but uh that's more that's more for another topic uh you know I'm looking here and uh Yarmir Yager did finish 49th in the Lady Bing Trophy voting last year, so I don't <laughs> know why they even positive. know. I guess he just got a vote or two. So those things you can
1: pick, like what you vote him for. Like you can vote someone for second and things like that. Oh, can you? Yeah. Oh. So I always wonder, <laughs> some did someone guy, vote some 49th like... for him?
0: <laughs> Some guy he didn't have like thirty-seven through forty-eight. He was just <laughs> like here's one through thirty-six and there's Yarmir I mean, Yager's I a God, solid God, 49. 49. <laughs> uh yeah. Well, I don't think Yarmir Yager or anyone else that we don't know about except, you know, could always be one of those PTO guys. We do seem to often add a guy a PTO time, and I have heard um uh, Armstrong talk about possibly doing that again. So I do think that's an option, but I think our roster's pretty much set for next year uh, whether we like it or not. So, uh, and for the most part, I do. We'll talk more about that in upcoming weeks. Uh, so looking ahead to upcoming weeks, uh, we have uh, next time we're going to be talking about the uh, Pacific Division. Is that what they named that? <laughs> Can't just be directions. It's got to be... West. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, so yeah, but we just get the central. Yeah. We're not like the. We should be like the wheat belt or something. The wheat belt. But we should be the contrast. If it's Atlantic and Pacific, we should be Metro and like I don't know rural or whatever. We so should make a Rust Belt uh, <laughs> division. Um, but in any case, uh, we'll be talking about the Pacific division, um, and other topics. We'll possibly have a a blues contract breakdown. I'd like that. We'll talk about... what we think the Blues need up the middle possibly. we talked about several topics. It's the doldrums of summer <laughs> so it could be anything. We got maybe, a couple. maybe the Blues will provide us with some massive news to spark our intrigue uh, when we get back Don't on hold your breath, in folks. two weeks. But it won't happen. <laughs> this is the time of year where hockey reporters are just gone. They're just I'm not just, even... I just uh, I just want hockey to start so there's like things. I do too. I, w- I listen to this fantasy football podcast Uh, Pretty regularly, and football started like gross fake preseason football started last week on like Thursday, and the start of the next podcast was just like exuberant because it was like it's back, and I feel like we're going to be there. We'll do that. We'll find a good song. Yeah, for sure. Uh, If you didn't like Ride of the Valkyries, the reason we have it is because it's available. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we'll find something else next week. Uh, But until then. Uh, this has been the Two Guys No Cups podcast. I'm really bad at signing off shows, so see you later.
1: Hasta la vista.